Hey everyone, you are listening to Mind Body Green's beauty podcast, Clean Beauty School. I am your host and beauty director, Alexandra Engler. Here we discuss all things beauty taken through the lens of well-being. Thanks for joining. Before we jump into the episode, I want to share a new section that we have on the podcast. We are introducing a brand new feature where you can submit all of your lingering beauty questions. Drop in a voicemail and I'll answer it here on the podcast. Whether you have a follow-up question about a specific episode or are just curious about an ingredient, routine, or product, we want to hear from you. Go ahead and head over to sayhi.chat slash cleanbeautyschool to submit all of your questions. That's sayhi.chat slash cleanbeautyschool, or you can click on the link in the show notes. Stay tuned for more updates. But on to today's episode. Today we are talking about adult acne. There is a lot to discuss when you are discussing acne in general. So today we are focusing on the type of acne that happens to people when you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond. We'll get into why it's different than the blemishes you might see as a teen, the complicated list of causes, and more importantly, what you can do about it. Ultimately, adult acne is a very tricky thing, and especially for those who have never dealt with it. I'm pretty open about my teenage struggle with acne, and my skin definitely had breakouts well into my 20s. My skin looks much better now that I'm in my 30s, but I still have the occasional breakout. As I'm recording this right now, I have a breakout on my chin, in fact. To dive deeper, I am joined by Joshua Zeichner, a long-time trusted derm in the beauty space. He is an acne and adult acne specialist who is here to help us learn more. Dr. Zeichner, welcome. Dr. Zeichner, welcome. Hi, Alex. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you for joining. Obviously, we have known each other for quite some time, and we have worked together through various brands over the years and various media outlets. So it is always amazing to uh, be able to chat with you, and especially amazing now to be able to chat with you on this platform and be able to have a nice in-depth conversation, a topic that I know we both love, adult acne. Um, and I certainly know it is a problem that a lot of our listeners and a lot of the Mind Body Green community have problems with and are constantly asking me questions about. So I know that we are going to have a lot to discuss. But, uh, you know, before we get into any of that, I always love uh, to have a moment and you know, let let the listeners get to know you a little bit better. Obviously, I've known you for a while, so I know a little bit of your story, but I would love to hear more. You know, how did you get into medicine and then specifically why dermatology? Sure. So hi, everybody. My name is Josh Zeichner. I'm an associate professor and the director of cosmetic and clinical research at Mount Sinai Hospital in New York City in the dermatology department. I know that's a mouthful. And I have been in practice for about 15 years. I love dermatology. When I went to medical school, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to go into, but I knew what I was good at. And I was good at physical diagnosis. So dermatology is a field based on pattern recognition. You see the rash and you're able to diagnose the rash based on its morphology, its distribution. There are a lot of fields that are based on physical diagnosis, like cardiology. But if you want to know the truth, I used to put on the stethoscope and I couldn't tell the difference between one murmur or another. My ears are just not as gifted as my eyes. So dermatology ended up being the right fit for me and, and my skill set. Okay. 
And, you know, what is your beauty philosophy? How do you approach skin health and skin care, you know, in your career? Yeah. So my practice is split half medical and half cosmetic. My medical interest happens to be acne and rosacea. The other half of what I do is all cosmetic dermatology. And of course, I do skin cancer screenings and eczema and psoriasis. So for everybody out there, I don't just do cosmetics. But we have a lot of conversations about skin care, skin health, and healthy aging. And my approach is less is more. I look at the morning as a time of protection and prevention of damage from the environment. I look at the evening as a time of hydration and repair. And this is all based on the skin's circadian rhythm, specific activities that preferentially occur in the morning and others at night. And you don't need a complicated skincare routine to have a good skincare routine. I love that. And, you know, you've already mentioned some things that we talk about so much in, here at Mind Body Green, you know, which is incorporating circadian rhythm and incorporating like lifestyle into your skincare routine in a, you know, a thoughtful and organic way. I have a quick follow-up question. You know, why acne in particular? What what was it about acne as a skin disease that you were drawn to? I think that your face is so important to your overall um, sense of self-confidence and self-worth. And you can't underestimate how impactful, both positively or negatively, your complexion can be. A clear face can make your day, and even a single pimple can completely ruin it. And everybody's a little bit different. For person one, it's one. For person number two, it's, you know, a face full of pimples. And everybody reacts to that a little bit differently. But the ability to help clear the skin and help give somebody the self-confidence that he or she needs is really powerful. I could not agree more. And, you know, obviously so much research has been published on that, you know, on that very concept of just, you know, how much, how much acne can affect your self-esteem and your mental health. So, you know, I think that there is, so, it is so important to be able to have your acne under control for so many reasons, other than just the simple aesthetics of it all. So I, I'm right there with you, but you know, I, I know that you and I have worked together over the years because you've worked with a, a lot of brands and you have been um, such a, a, a an incredible dermatologist in the beauty industry, in the beauty space. And you're always here to answer all of our questions. And you're always here to, you know, talk about various formulas. And, and now you have your own, which is very exciting. Having known you for so long, I, I trust you and I know whatever you would make would be uh, incredible. And I can confirm that it is just beautiful formulations, but let's talk about what started this. Why did you decide to head into the actual product formulation of the beauty industry and kind of make that next step? Sure. So for everybody out there, this will be our official announcement to welcome Jory Skincare, J-O-R-I, to the world. This is a collaboration that I'm working on with my wife. I am the medical advisor for the brand, but it's her brand. She founded it. And it's really a combination of her feelings as a consumer suffering from acne and my medical expertise and clinical expertise. So the backstory is that growing up, she never had any pimples. And then we fast forward till after we've had two children and my wife started developing a full face of acne, or I should say a lower face of acne mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as an adult for the first time. And I was able to get her under control with prescription medications, but the experience opened her eyes to what was available in the over-the-counter market. And while, you know, Alex, we've talked about so many great acne brands, what really was missing was a product specifically designed to address the needs of adult skin, both in terms of 
the textures and formulations, the aesthetics to fit into the daily routine of an adult who has aging issues as well, ingredients that specifically address the needs of the adult skin. And, you know, we put it all together and, and almost three years later and four <laughs> labs, we, we come together with a great product. Okay. So it sounds like this was a, a labor of love, but certainly a labor, but obviously had such a clear vision at the end that you wanted to create a product for adults that was a robust formula. And, you know, one thing that obviously caught my attention was that it is a clean and natural leaning formula. Why? Why did you decide to make that indication? Yeah. So my wife, Corey, had specific criteria, you know, in, in okay. what she was looking for in a product that she was using on her skin. She wanted mm -hmm. a product that had clean ingredients. So the products have no fragrances, dyes, parabens, phthalates, sulfates, or cyclic silicones. She mm -hmm. wanted it to look good on her shelf. You know, for yeah. everybody out there, you can Google the packaging. It's pink and red. And she has a, yeah. a fashion background. And that was a color combination that she loved. And she wanted it to feel a certain way. So it really takes into account the consumer perspective and sure. what the average adult is perhaps looking for in um, a product for her skin. Yeah. And I also feel like it just it, it met a need in the market because, you know, it's it's clean and it's natural leaning, which we know is a booming market. And a lot of brands are trying to enter that space. But I do think that there is a, a dearth in the market where it's clean and natural leaning, but it's also using ingredients that are FDA approved to fight acne. That's not always the case with clean and natural products, right? It's, you know, they can fight blemishes, but they can't technically fight acne. And I know that you guys did not go that road. You guys went straight yeah, for so, the, the so tried we and went, true ingredients. We went to the tried and true ingredients. So yeah. we have ingredients in the products that everybody probably has heard of salicylic acid and benzoyl peroxide. These okay. are ingredients that are generally recognized and safe as safe and effective by the FDA. And these are considered mm -hmm. over the counter drugs to treat acne. Yeah. But what really changes the product is the botanical blend that addresses mm -hmm. the impact of hormones, diet, and stress on the skin, as well as the compositional differences of the sebum, of the oil in people who make acne, plus sure. the, the, the sophisticated textures and, of course, the, the clean ingredients. Well, listen, we're definitely definitely going to have a very in-depth ingredient conversation later because I know that my Mind Body Grain community loves hearing all about ingredients. So that is that is later in the episode, everybody. But I do want to tee up the conversation about acne in general and adult acne in general. We know that it's different. Explain to us how. <laughs> yeah, so the first thing I'll say is I think the word acne is a really polarizing word. As a sure. dermatologist, I'll see a patient and I know what acne is. But I think if you actually speak to adults, especially adult women, there's a little bit of controversy over whether, you know, someone does or doesn't have acne. When you say acne, I think that people think about more severe, persistent breakouts. But actually, occasional blemishes, individual breakouts, all of that is in that that framework right. of acne. We know that acne is the number one reason that patients see a dermatologist. So it's estimated really? that over 50 million Americans are suffering from acne every year. And that's wow. probably an underestimate because if we think about all of the people who aren't seeking professional care, 
they aren't included in that. The best data that we have on the prevalence of acne is about 10 years old right now. Yeah. But it shows that about 50% of women in their 20s, 35% of women in their 30s, and 26% of women in their 40s are suffering from acne. So these are huge numbers. Yeah, and now seriously. that we're in this, I'm oh, sorry, we're in this COVID environment, there was another study from 2021 that looked specifically at healthcare workers. And 45% of healthcare workers reported a worsening of acne. Sure. So maybe was this was mask. The mask maybe situation? This was, yeah, stress. Yeah. Maybe this was poor eating habits in the pandemic, which I know I experienced. But, but acne is, is really a, an issue that so many people are suffering from. And we just yeah. need to make sure that we have products that address each individual group's needs. Sure. I want to talk about the differences between adult acne and acne when you're younger. Are there differences in the way that it shows up in the types of acne that you might get? You know, what 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 are the common experiences that you find? Sure. So first, if we had to define adult acne, most mm -hmm. experts will define it as acne starting at the age of 25 and up, although some people will say 18 and up. Um, some people have what we call persistent acne. So they have acne when they're an adolescent and a teen and it continues. Other people have new onset acne. They never had it before. And then it starts. That's what my wife had. And then some people have recurrent acne. They had it as a teen. It went away and then it comes back. Mm. But the, the morphology and the distribution of the pimples are different. So when you're a teen or younger, you have red angry pimples, you have blackheads and whiteheads affecting the whole face, especially that T-zone, the forehead, the nose, and the chin. In the adult population, it, it migrates down. It's usually the lower one-third of the, and the skin on the, around the chin and the mouth. We call it a surgical mask distribution. So in COVID, <laughs> it actually covered it all up. But the mask probably made it worse, but that's a, another conversation. But, but you're seeing more of the red, angry pimples, and it may get worse around the menstrual period. Do they know why that it moves south? Yeah, so we really don't know. We refer to it as adult acne or hormonal acne, although all acne is really caused by hormones. But there probably is something about the oil glands in the lower part of the face that maybe is more sensitive to the hormones. You know, if we think okay. about hair loss, why do men have hair loss on the top of the head, but the back of the head, you know, you never lose the hair. There's probably yeah. something different about the follicles and maybe a similar situation exists for the oil glands. That's super interesting. So, you know, obviously we've we've said the buzzword hormones. We know that those play a big role in acne. But I, I think that people often don't necessarily know the exact role and the exact mechanisms that hormones do play in acne. So can you, why don't you start by giving us an overview? And then, you know, I, I might have a few follow-up questions in there. <laughs> sure. So we know that both men and women have a hormone called testosterone. This is an androgen hormone that's responsible for secondary sex characteristics. When you go through puberty, those, that, those um, testosterone levels go up. Testosterone actually binds to the oil glands and it's converted to its more active form, which is called DHT or dihydrotestosterone, which even has stronger binding ability or affinity for the oil gland. It stimulates the oil gland, it revs up oil production and drives inflammation. And that's really the biggest driving factor for the development of pimples. And that's why we see it in kids as they start to go through puberty. And then sure. in adults, 
as those hormone levels fluctuate, for example, during the menstrual period, that explains why some people break out worse during certain times of the month. So we don't discuss period acne in this episode because there is so much to go over that we truly cannot get to at all. But I'll just jump in here to explain that for those who have periods, your cycle goes in four major phases, each lasting about a week. These phases bring out different hormones and overall changes in the body. There are many ways you can notice these changes, and one is through the skin. For most people with periods, you will see the worst of the acne in the fourth week of your cycle, or day 21 to 28. That's because most people see a spike in testosterone around this time, which, as Dr. Zeichner explains, contributes to oil production. This is all to say that seeing changes in your skin throughout the month is pretty normal and something that a lot of people deal with. So if it bothers you, just be mindful of where you're at in your cycle and maybe make small tweaks to your skincare routine to adjust accordingly. For example, if you're in your last week of your cycle, you can add in ingredients and products that help control oil production and balance out the skin. Okay. I'm curious, you know, a lot of times we talk about other hormones as they relate to skincare, you know, cortisol comes up a lot, yeah. for example, because it breaks down collagen, you know, the, the estrogen comes up a lot, especially for people going through menopause and, you know, estrogen levels dropping contributes to XYZ factors happening in their skin. You you mentioned testosterone, and we know that that's the primary, but are there any other hormones that play an if influence? Because, you know, we know that you tend to break out more in times of stress. So does yeah. cortisol play in there? Yeah. So first of all, for everybody listening, stress acne is real. It is well documented. <laughs> yeah. There have been studies looking at college during testing periods, and they have significantly worse breakouts when they have finals compared to the rest of the year. And the stress response is real. So most people associate it with cortisol and cortisol is responsible for your flight or fight response. But in terms of acne, it's actually a hormone called CRH, corticotropin releasing hormone. So when you are come in contact with a stressful environment, your brain produces CRH and CRH is what tells your adrenal glands to make cortisol. But guess what? CRH also binds to your oil glands. So it's not the cortisol directly, but rather the messenger telling the cortisol that also tells your oil glands to increase their activity. That's fascinating. I feel like I've actually <laughs> have not fully explained that in any of my <laughs> cortisol related acne But sometimes, content, you know, so. <laughs> especially when, when a reporter or a writer like you has to deliver a message, Sometimes it's okay to simplify a little bit just to yeah. make sure that we can get that message across because when it's too detailed, sometimes you yeah. just lose the message and it gets confusing. But it's but it basically is interesting right. to know the mechanisms. Yeah. You know. Anyway, you were saying, sorry. No, I mean it, it that's it's basically the same pathway, but it. technically it's this CRH hormone okay. that that truly does stimulate your oil glands. Interesting. Okay, so the other hormone that I wanted to talk about was melatonin. And I, we, you know, we brought up the circadian rhythm and sleep already earlier in the episode. And we're going to talk a little bit more about lifestyle habits in a second. But we know how sleep is so vital for overall skin health. And I'm curious, is there any connection there between any of the sleep hormones and how it relates to acne in particular? 
Yeah. So the first thing I'll say is when your mom said to you to get your beauty sleep, she was right. So, you know, those certain activities occur while you're sleeping. It's a time of rest and repair and increased cell turnover. So melatonin is a hormone produced by your body that regulates sleep. We also know that while you sleep, cortisol levels decline. So if you're not sleeping, you'll have disruption of your melatonin process. And melatonin actually has some antioxidant properties. It's mm -hmm. used topically in skincare products. Yeah. Um, and when you have high cortisol levels, that does increase, I would say, the overall stress that your body is coming in contact with. Not emotional stress here, but the physical activities that your body is going through are being pushed and that promotes inflammation. And you may have heard the term inflammaging. We know mm. that inflammation is, is kind of your body's enemy and really contributes to aging and, and disease in many ways. That is so fat. I mean, just all, the whole conversation around hormones, I do find deeply fascinating. And, you know, I think just how hormones relate to how our skin looks is such a vital conversation, part of the conversation when we talk about our skin in general. But another vital part of the conversation that we tend to focus on a lot about at My Body Green is the lifestyle aspects. We've even mentioned a few already, but, you know, let's dive in a little bit deeper into some of them. The first one that I feel like comes up quite a bit is diet and how diet can be connected to to acne. The most common one that I feel like you hear about is the the skim milk study. Is, is there anything like, you know, what what do we need to know, to know about that? And then, you know, what else should we look out for? Sure. So what you eat, 100% can impact your skin, both in terms of skin aging and acne. And the acne data is really strong. You know, your mom told you to get your beauty sleep. She also told you not to eat all the Halloween candy because it'll cause breakouts. She was right also. So the, the big three that have been associated with acne breakouts are cow's milk, particularly skim milk, foods with a high glycemic index, and whey protein. And there's also data showing that B12 supplements may contribute. But if we start off, you know, with the milk, so cow's milk, particularly skim milk have been associated. So when skim milk is produced, the fat is removed. So you have a relatively higher concentration of sugar. So that's one theory on why it's the skim milk and not so much the whole milk. There are also theories that perhaps there are hormones from the lactating cow that gets passed on to them. What's really interesting is that yogurt and cheese have not been associated with breakouts. It's just yeah. the milk. So yeah, I think that's so interesting. Yeah. As an alternative, we often recommend oat milk or almond milk, but, but pulling cow's milk from the diet can help in some people, but not in everybody. And you do have to be aware that you're getting calcium and vitamin D from mm -hmm. milk, especially in younger kids. So you always want to touch base with your doctor or your pediatrician, you know, for your children before you completely eliminate milk. Sure. Let's talk about the high glycemic index part of that. You know, this this relates to, from my understanding, a spike in blood sugar, which releases, yeah. again, hormones, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of data looking at Western societies versus hunter-gatherer societies. Yeah. And there are there were studies, I think it was in New Guinea, but don't hold me to this because I have to double check. But there was data looking at these hunter-gatherer societies where people ate only whole grains and fresh fish. And in these cultures, there's virtually no acne. And then you compare that to a Western society, like in the United States, where we're seeing, as I said, huge numbers of acne. And the thought is that 
eating refined sugars and processed foods cause a spike in blood sugar, which increase levels of IGF-1, insulin-like growth factor 1. So that works through another messenger called SREBP, just to get into the nitty-gritty, to stimulate the oil glands. So that increases oil production and increases inflammation. And that's the way that, that diet is thought to cause pimples. Fascinating. Let's let's end with whey protein only because I I know that uh, a lot of the Mind Body Green community definitely uses a lot of supplements. They definitely, you know, are are a type of people who work out quite a bit. So there might be a few of them who are experiencing experiencing this. So why why does whey protein contribute? Well, this is where you got me. Because I don't know. We just know that (laughs) whey protein has been evaluated specifically in male populations, in men and bodybuilders. But anecdotally, I have seen it in women as well. So I just say, if you're acne prone, be cautious with the whey protein supplements. So in terms of lifestyle, we have... We just hit diet. We, We hit stress and sleep earlier when we were talking about hormones. But, you know, what other lifestyle factors contribute into this or, you know, the reverse of that question, what are some lifestyle factors that people can do to help manage their acne or their acne prone skin? I tell my patients, whatever you can do to manage your stress and live a healthy lifestyle can help your acne. So we're talking about meditation. We're talking about yoga. We're talking about exercise. Any of these are outlets for your mental health. And we know that your mental health is directly connected to your. And there's even data showing that exercise is good for aging. So just make sure to wear your sunscreen if you're outside. But healthy diet, you know, healthy mind, healthy body. All right. That's certainly a message we can get behind. I wanted to ask you about the skin microbiome. I know that it is a buzzy topic, especially lately. And, you know, people are just so curious about what its functions are. And I know that the research is is still ongoing and there's still a lot we don't know about the microbiome. But, you know, we do know that it does influence skin health in a lot of ways. And, you know, we do know that it does influence acne. So what's the connection there, the microbiome and adult acne? So for everybody out there, just a simple definition of the microbiome, this is the collection of all of the microorganisms that live on your skin, including bacteria, fungi, and viruses. I know you all think that you're cleaning your skin and want to disinfect everything, especially in this COVID environment. But the truth is that we live symbiotically with organisms on our body, and that collection of organisms help balance each other. And when the microbiome is disrupted, it can contribute to a variety of inflammatory conditions, ranging from eczema to acne or even aging skin. So acne is predominantly driven by bacteria on the skin. It's called C. acne's bacteria. Now, this is what we call a commensal organism. This is bacteria that lives on everybody. It lives on me, it lives on you, and it lives on on everyone. That being said, Acne is not an infectious disease. It's an inflammatory condition. So the bacteria isn't necessarily bad. It's just your body's reaction to that bacteria. So there are different strains of the C. acne's bacteria that have been identified in people who have acne versus people who don't have acne. But the total amount of C. acne's is the same. So we're really talking about our immune systems. But 
when there is over scrubbing of the skin, over washing of the skin, and you're disrupting the microbiome and you're getting rid of other bacteria like staph or strep that normally live on the skin, that does alter the, the balance of organisms and can make acne worse because the C. acnes works with the staph and the strep and the staph and the strep works with the C. acnes. Okay. So on the subject of unbalanced, how does the microbiome uh, get disrupted? What are some of these, you know, habits or modern lifestyle mistakes that we're making? Yeah. So at the most basic level, your microbiome is determined by your genetics. And some people naturally have a more diverse microbiome and some people don't. You know, maybe you bought a, a plot of land and that plot of land just happened to have a lot of different trees. And then somebody yeah. else bought a plot of land and it's all the same tree. You know, some of it just has to do with evolution. Um, but so we have our genetic component and then we have the things that we're doing to ourselves. Acne doesn't mean that you're dirty and you don't have to overly wash your face, overly scrub. That disrupts your skin barrier, alters the microbiome and actually can make acne worse. That's really the big issue. We also know that Environmental exposures like pollution and UV light can drive free radical damage, and that can have an impact on the microbiome. There's a lot that we know, but there's really a lot more that we don't know. And the take-home message here is healthy lifestyle, healthy skin, and we want to just do the best that we can to keep the barrier intact and you yeah. know, allow the microbiome to live in, in the most diverse, healthy way possible. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, it's an area of skin health and overall health that, you know, I just, I know there's going to be so much development in the next, you know, the years as we learn more. And I just, you know, I always, I always love hearing all the the new research that comes out on the microbiome. I just find it so, so fascinating. You know, we talked about mistakes that people make with the microbiome, but I guess I want to talk about broader mistakes that people make. What are some adult acne misconceptions that you see? You know, what what are things that patients come in to see you and they're doing and they think that it's helping them, but you're like, oh my God, you have to stop doing that. You know, I'm sure you have several. <laughs> so the biggest one that drives me bonkers is that people come in and they say that they're breaking out because they're not drinking. Listen, we need to say no. It drives me, it drives me crazy. Listen, I'm I'm a girl Um, with a water bottle right here. Like certainly I stay (laughs) hydrated. I'm not against it, but (laughs) yeah, there's only so much water. You need to stay well hydrated for your overall health, but it is a complete myth that eight glasses of water are needed to maintain skin hydration. It's a complete myth that drinking fewer than eight glasses of water causes dry skin. And it's a myth that not drinking enough water, you know, doesn't allow you to flush out your pores and can cause pimples. So stay hydrated, but don't blame the water for the breakouts. Okay. Okay. It's a good one. Do you have any other, any others that come to mind? I always love hearing about this stuff from derms just because you guys see, I mean, so much range of people who come into your office. Yeah, so I think I briefly mentioned one of the other ones, but having acne doesn't mean that you're dirty. You didn't do anything wrong. There are plenty of people who wash their face the way that they should, morning and night, but still break out. And then there are those other people who most people hate (laughs) because they never wash their face and they never have a breakout. Ultimately, 
the breakouts are really determined by your genetics and your hormones. And then, of course, those other environmental factors contribute that we talked about before. Sure. Okay, let's talk ingredients. We love to deep dive into ingredients at MindBodyGree. And I know that people are so, so interested in in ingredients in our audience, you know, including ingredients not to use, but I'm more interested in talking about ingredients that you should use. And so let's talk about what ingredients you should use for for acne. We've we've said two of the major ones, but let's do a little bit of a deeper dive here. So let's start with salicylic acid. Why yeah. is it considered such a great ingredient by everybody? Salicylic acid is a beta hydroxy acid and it removes excess oil from the skin and it helps exfoliate dead cells to keep the pores clear. And it's a great option to help dry out your pimples, to prevent new breakouts, and to help get rid of the ones that you have already. We know that salicylic acid and, you know, any sort of active ingredient in general, they need to be formulated at appropriate amounts to be effective. And, you know, I know that you are always very intentional, and I I know that you're very intentional about the amount that you put in your product. So, you know, tell me, one, how much salicylic acid in there, and why is it at that level? Sure. So for everybody out there, Alex is talking about the Jory Skincare Acne and Oil Control Primer. So yeah. this is a product that does double duty. It controls <laughs> shine, minimizes pores, and treats the pimples. And we use maximum strength, 2% salicylic acid. There's specific actually guidance from the FDA on what are acceptable ranges of active ingredients to treat acne. So it, the range is from 0.5 to 2%. And we formulate it with maximum strength 2% because in my clinical experience, you really need the higher concentration for it to be active. And there aren't many products that are really full face treatments that contain that 2%. Most of them really are spot treatments. So we specially formulated the product to give the maximum strength benefit in a formula that's non-irritating and actually can be used on a daily basis. Okay. The second one, benzyl peroxide. Let's talk about this. This is the other gold standard for acne. Why? Benzoyl peroxide is probably the most effective ingredient we have to treat red angry. Okay. It's an oxidizing agent. Remember, the, the, it works by lowering levels of the C. acnes bacteria. And remember, those C. acnes bacteria live deep within that oil gland. It doesn't like oxygen. It's what we call an anaerobic organism. So it exposes it to oxygen and it lowers those levels. But when it comes to benzoyl peroxide, less is actually more. Studies have shown that two and a half percent benzoyl peroxide are actually as effective as five or 10 percent, but associated with less irritation. So Mm -hmm. you need to pick and choose what concentration you want to formulate with. And in an adult population where the skin tends to be more sensitive in general, we went with the lower concentration, two and a half percent. But we used a special form of it, we used micronized two and a half percent benzoyl peroxide. Micronization is the process of bringing that particle size down to really small sizes, smaller than the diameter of the follicle, because you want the benzoyl peroxide to penetrate into the pore where acne begins rather than just sitting on the surface. So this can improve effectiveness and help minimize irritation. Okay. And what a people need to know about using this ingredient because I, I, I know that it comes with a few like care sort of tips, right? Or usage tips, I should say. Sure. So benzoyl peroxide is really commonly used in younger populations. But I think that 
it's largely villainized in in adults. And I don't quite understand why. Maybe because people perceive it to be a teenage product, but it's very effective in adults. You just have to make sure you have the right formula that doesn't irritate you. So irritation is is the big one. So you can use it mm-hmm. with a moisturizer. And the okay. other issue is that it doesn't matter how well formulated the product is. If benzoyl peroxide comes in contact with a non-white fabric, it can cause bleaching of the fabric. So put it on at night, wash your hands well, dry your hands on a white hand towel, sleep on a white pillowcase, have old sheets, old pillowcases, old undergarments, old nightgowns. (laughs) It just takes one time for it to get on there for it to ruin it. So I'm always really cautious, but it's worth it because the effectiveness is, is better than anything else. Yeah. So those are the gold standards. Those are what we recommend. Those are what's FDA approved. Those are the classics. But we also know that there are a lot of other ingredients that can, you know, help support acne prone skin and can help balance oil or help fight inflammation and, you know, really address the multiple reasons why acne happens. So I'm curious, you know, what are some of yours, what are some of your favorites to look for? Yeah. So, you know, I can speak from personal experience, having gone through decades of basic science research into the sebaceous gland and into the biology of acne. And for everybody out there, I just want to make sure from here, I'm not saying that any of these are true acne fighting ingredients. When you see these in formulas, these are inactive supporting ingredients. So just to be clear, the (laughs) only claims that you can make in treating acne and there, there's FDA regulations on this, are ingredients yeah. like salicylic acid and benzoyl peroxide. So for everything sure. else, we're just talking about science. They're supporting players. We get it. <laughs> I just want to be clear. So yeah. um, the one of the hot ingredients right now is saw palmetto. Saw mm-hmm. palmetto is an extract from the berry of the palm plant, which is indigenous to the eastern part of the United States. And saw palmetto contains ingredients called phytosterols. And these are molecules that have been shown to help balance DHT levels. Um, Yeah, so people are talking about them a lot for hair thinning products. They're in a lot of supplements that address hair thinning in shampoos and conditioners for hair thinning. And there's data showing that it can help control oil. So it can be beneficial in someone who's acne prone. So we know that oil control and oil management is such a big part of, you know, helping people who might have blemish prone skin. What sort of ingredients do you look for there? Yeah, so a hot ingredient or a hot set of ingredients to address oil are actually omega-3 fatty acids, EPA, DHA, and linolenic acid. They actually have been shown to help balance production of oil. And perhaps the production of oil associated with eating foods with a high glycemic index. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think the last part of this conversation that I, I love to talk about with with ingredients is hydration. Because, you know, especially people with adult acne, they probably might have a little bit of dry skin too. So, you know, what sort of like buffering ingredients, hydrating ingredients do you like that, you know, you look for? Yeah. So, you know, it's such a smart question that you just asked, especially in the adult population. Skin oil and skin hydration are two separate issues. And there are so many patients that come in and they're acne prone, but they're dry and irritated. So you need Mm -hmm. special formulas to help not dry them out anymore 
and to help, you know, hydrate. So of course you can combine your traditional oil-free moisturizers along with acne treatments, or there are ingredients like aloe, which has soothing effects and can help mitigate or decrease irritation associated with, with some of the acne treatments. So the last part of this conversation that I, I, that I always talk about with my guests with is how do you take care of yourself? And, you know, I ask this question about topicals, but it's also just about lifestyle in general. You know, what are some of your wellness and uh, skincare habits? Well, the first thing I'll say is I wish that I took care of myself a little bit better than I'm probably doing. (laughs) Being a dad with, with two active kids definitely takes away from your own time, but I couldn't be happier. But generally speaking, I just try to get a good night's sleep. Eight hours is ideal. That never happens, but it's ideal. In terms of my skincare routine, I practice what I preach. Prevent in the morning, repair in the evening. So in the morning, I'll use a vitamin C serum along with sunscreen. In the evening, usually a moisturizer. And I personally am using a topical retinoid. If you can't tolerate retinol, there are other alternatives like bacuchiol, peptides, hydroxy acids. Mm. There are a lot of other options out there. And last but not least, for anyone, since this was an acne-heavy episode, and, you know, I always love to leave on a high note, for anybody out there with adult acne, what is your parting piece of wisdom to them? You know, do you have any final sage advice that they can take? If you're suffering from acne, know that there are products over the counter that can help you. If they're not working after about four weeks or so, make sure to visit a board-certified dermatologist. And I'll give one little plug for everybody out there. Check out Jory Skincare, J-O-R-I, the first dermatologist-formulated line specifically for adult blemishes, breakouts, and even persistent acne. Well, uh, take it from somebody who has samples at home and uses it and who has known Dr. Zeichner for a very long time and trusts his opinion on everything skincare related, especially acne. These are absolutely products that you will want to check out and have in your cabinet if you are acne prone. So, you know, thank you so much for joining and talking with me today. And also just like, thank you so much for sharing all of your advice about acne broadly. You shared so much great wisdom that everybody can take home and everybody can use in their daily life and even start implementing today. You know, we all, we all know that we can help manage our stress levels and our sleep. And, you know, those are some just great tips for, for everybody listening. So thank you. Thank you. And for everybody, you can't control your genes, but you can control your pimple cream. <laughs> That's a great line. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want more beauty content, you can find it at mindbodygreen.com or any of our social channels. And finally, if you liked this podcast, don't forget to rate and review us. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week.